when you're almost famous. You just might find yourself live on air on WATD. Hour two of Almost Famous begins now. Welcome to the second hour of Almost Famous 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from all across the region, brought to you each week by Tiny and Sons Glass. Now tonight, we are on the Tiny stage with Amy Mantis and The Space Between. How are you guys doing in there tonight? We're doing good. Thanks, John. So give us an introduction as to who you guys are. Well, I'm Amy Mantis, and we are a rock band from Brighton, Massachusetts. Awesome. And who do we have in studio tonight besides you? You want to introduce yourselves? I'm Jeff. I play bass. Uh, I'm Eric. I play the drums. Awesome. Very cool. And how long have you guys been together? We've been playing together for, it'll be three years in May since Eric and I first met. We used to have a keyboard player another, who also sang, but times have changed and uh, he is no longer with us. He's still alive. He's just no longer with us. <laughs> to you guys, he's in Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> and so we've been playing as a trio since September? Yes. Yeah. September, yeah. Yeah. But the band's been a gigging band in various capacities since August of 2016. Excellent. And uh, you've got uh, one EP out right now and you're working on a full length, right? We have, yeah, we have two EPs out. We, I did one before I had the band and then we did one with the full four quartet in August of 2017. And we have a single out right now too. And then we have a full length coming out uh, when it comes out. Awesome. Sounds good. Let's uh, hear a song and then we'll talk more about uh, the record. Awesome. This song is called Better Than Me and it's going to be the first song on the record. Awesome. Amy Mantis and the Space Between 95.9 WATD. Big is yours. Is it bigger than mine? I don't want to know. Could you show me sometime? I swear I don't care. I just want to see. Tailored to you, I don't wanna know. Well, maybe I do. I swear I don't care. I just wanna see, wanna see, wanna see. If you're doing better, better than me. If you're doing better, better than me. What's your title? Does it end in O? Wouldn't you know? I swear I don't care. I just wanna see, wanna see, wanna see. If you're doing better, better than me. If you're doing better, better than me. Am I And the space between 95.9 WATD. That was cool. Oh, thanks, John. Talk about how that song happened, if you would. Yeah, I wrote that song in November of 2017. I remember texting Eric. I was like, hey, I have a song. 
And I was like, this is, this is a cool song. And I was inspired by, I have a very hard time with social media. And it's inspired by my relationship to that and the constant comparison and envy that is often felt by, for me anyway, when I spend too much time on the internet. So that's how I brought it to the band. And it was like, yeah, this is how the song is going to be. It didn't take a long time to arrange that one. So talk about the arrangements. When you take the song to the band, how do they interpret what you're hearing? I will either send them a demo first via voicemail, via texting, or, or I'll just bring the song in and be like, hey, I have a song. So we just play through it once. I'll play through it once. And this, we, then we just go. There's never any, there's rarely a time where I'm like, it has to be like this. It's often just a collaborative effort to see what sounds the best. Now, when you're writing music, Amy, how long does it take you to... Um, to write a song and then then present it to the band? It depends. We're going to play a song in a little bit that I wrote in a very short period of time. I wrote it on a Friday and brought it to the band on like a Monday or a Tuesday. So, but then this song probably took a month from when I had the lyrics to when I had the music to bring it to the band. And even then, I don't think I brought it to the band right away. I'm like, eh, we'll see. We'll see. But for the most part, I would say if I write a song that I like, it comes in immediately, for better or worse. Now, talk about the, the EPs. How, talk about the, you know, how the EPs evolved um, up until what's being recorded right now. So the first EP that I did was by myself. I flew out to Los Angeles to go record with a friend of mine and also a friend of our friend Sean McLaughlin. His name is Brian Packer, who used to live here. And then he moved to LA and I was like, well, I, go, I need to go record these songs because I had a band when I was in my early 20s and I wasn't the singer of the band. And I was like, well, if I want to have a band that I can rely on a singer, like, because I kept quitting. Like at these opportune moments, they would just be, be at the you know, top of the hill, ready to go. And then it's like, nope, I'm done. So I was like, we're done with you. I'll do it myself. So I had these songs for a few years and I was like, I have to get them out of my system. So I went to LA to do that and then built the band in Boston when I got back from that. And then after we had our friend Wells in the band who also sang and wrote songs, it was like, we have to go record this band these songs capture this moment. We also did that with Brian in Los Angeles. And then that took a long time to come out into the world. Took a, took a hot minute. It took like, a, like a, we recorded it in August of 2016. No, 2017, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then it came out, when did it come out? When did it came I, out uh, like in October or like, something? Like, it came out like a week ago. <laughs> like not, not October 2017. This yes, past it, came, it came out like a week ago. Um, no, it, it, all kidding aside, it came out, I think, in May, give or take, May, June, but still almost a year start to finish. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. So then the record that we're doing now, I wrote a song called You Shouldn't Have to Ask that we'll, we'll play later. And I think you played it on your show a couple weeks ago. I did. It, it came out, what, about, it came out early it came January? Out, yeah, January 11th is when I finally put it out into the world. And so that song turned out to be really good. And I was like, we have to go do nine more of these. And that's basically how we ended up doing what we, what we did in January. Now, did I hear you guys talking off here? Are you all Berkeley grads? I'm a Berkeley grad. Jeff's I'm, a Berkeley grad. Yeah, I'm a Berkeley grad. I'm Jeff. <laughs> I, I went to Emerson. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Radio guy. That's always good. Uh, writing, actually. Writing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, they, they, they wouldn't let me into Emerson. <laughs> <laughs> that's a mistake. Yeah, they're, awesome. they're missing out on a, on a great person by not yes, having you there. Yes, thank you. true. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, you have some upcoming shows to promote, too. We do. Our next show on the books is going to be at Thunder Road in Somerville on March 28th. It's a Thursday night. We're playing right now. We have two other bands locked in, Stenographer, which they're a duo from Boston with Rocco De Rosa and Liz Vaughn, both of whom are wonderful singers Love and Rocco. Love Rocco. Rocco is probably one of the, uh, one of, like, the, the top the first like half dozen guests we had on the show. That's awesome. Yeah, Rocco has been my voice teacher for the past six years now. Cool. Yeah. And then we're also playing with a band called The Last Love and they are a, a, a funky dance band. So it'll be, a, it'll be a fun time. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, give us the dates again if you would and maybe yeah. your website too. Thursday, March 28th and you can go to amymantis.com A-M-Y-M-A-N-T-I-S.com Type me into Google and you'll find us. Cool. Let's uh, hear another song. What's next on your set list? This is a song called Spinning Black and Blue, which is also going to be on the record. And I would say it was one of the second or third songs that I was like, we have to go record this. Um, and so let me just tune up. And while I do that, I'll talk about what the song is about. Yes, please. It was inspired by an experience that I had where I was spinning out of control, metaphorically speaking. And I'm lucky to have some people in my life who are like, Amy, you can bring yourself back to yourself. Here's how you can do it. And so 
I sat down and like, this was a song that I really worked at. There are some songs that I'm like, if I'm not getting it right away, I just, I just leave it, toss it aside. But this one, I was like, there's a song here. We're gonna find it. So it was very much like when a sculptor says they have a block of marble and they chip away at it until the sculpture reveals itself. The song for me was that. And it came together relatively quickly in, in, in rehearsal. I remember bringing it in and being like, I have a song. And then we left and I'm like, oh, we have a song now. There's something here. Yeah, I think the only thing we really struggled with is that the bridge is very long and has a lot of parts. So we had to figure that out as a rhythm section. But we, we got there. Yeah. And when we were, when we were tracking it at Sean's, we were, <laughs> we were fools and we put our hardest song first on the day to record. We and, also uh, had to deal with this click track that was all Yeah, we had a terrible click track playing yeah, that, with that us. metronome. I, I don't know whose idea it was to have a variable uh, metronome <laughs> that, that changes its tempo in real time. So it's not in the standard 4-4 four, four time? Oh, the metronome was definitely not. Oh, we no. were. We, we, we were just messing up. <laughs> it took us 17 times to get it. but it's, it's, it's easier for us to blame the machine than ourselves. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. When in doubt, blame the drum machine. Let's see if we're in tune. And we can go. Close enough for rock and roll. The song is called Spinning Black and Blue. All right. Amy Mantis and the Space Between. Live 95.9 WATD. It's all yours.
every time you find your mind and the space between in studio tonight here at WATD. Very nice. Thank you. That's when you said it's going to be on the next uh, next record. Yes. And there's no name for that record yet, I understand. No, I've been toying with some ideas. Hold the suspense, though. We haven't, we haven't talked about it yet, but I have, I have an inkling of what I think it will be called. But this song will probably be the fourth track. Like We seem to have a, a rough idea of a track order, but just not anything else. Gotcha. Yeah. And I need to ask about that guitar too, because that's a cool looking strap. Oh yeah, this is this is this is my my strap. It's my Mark Knopfler signature model strap. His name is Big Red, and I got this guitar in 2008 in New York City, and I saw it hanging up on the wall, like sideways like that. And you can't see it on the radio, but John can see it here. That it's really chipped, and I was like, oh, what happened to you, little guy? And I plugged it, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no, I cannot, I can't, I can't leave without you. I can't leave you here. <laughs> and so I wasn't a huge Dire Straits fan at the time. Like I wasn't not a Dire Straits fan, but I wasn't a Dire Straits fan, if you know what I mean. And I become one since because he's just a phenomenal guitar player and this guitar sounds so good. He is and he plays without a pick I'm no pretty sure. No pick and he's flawless. Yes, he is. Yeah, it's not fair. Speaking of Mark, we talk about influences. Sure. Uh, my biggest influence is Tom Petty. One of my biggest influences, most recently, definitely, definitely Tom. As you can see, I'm, I sport a Tom Petty tattoo that I got shortly after he passed away. I still miss him. I miss him every second of every day. He was, he was just the greatest. Yeah, that one hurt for me. That was like one of the first like musician deaths that actually yeah. like, resonated in my life. Yeah, the first one for me that really hit me was Clarence Clemens when, when he passed away, because I'm a diehard Bruce Springsteen fan too. Um, and then also when Glenn Fry passed away, I was really like, oh man, you too? And then... And then well, when thank, Tom, when thankfully, you two still alive. <laughs> thankfully, you two. They also are, are a very, very big influence on me. Um, but I would say, like, if I had to pick three or four, Tom. I don't count the Beatles because they're just above everybody else. It's like they're number zero. It's like as a guitar player, I don't talk about Hendrix. It's like it's obvious he's just gonna be there. So, Beatles aside, Tom Petty, you two, Fleetwood Mac. Springsteen, that's already four. Uh, basically cl- classic rock and a few people, other people that are not classic rock here and there. Awesome. I think the uh, the anniversary of Rumors was last Monday. It Well, it would have been, but like, but like that would be like the 41st year because it yeah, came out. Yeah, in, it was like, or 42nd year because it came out in 77. It doesn't matter. It's a great record. It's my favorite record year. of all time is Rumors. Like if I had to pick one, it, it surpassed Abbey Road about five years ago. I'm like, you know what? That record's a great record. And it's still, you can put that record on today and it sounds just as good as it probably did back in 1977. Yeah, it's timeless. It's timeless. Jeff, who do you like? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, from a bass playing perspective, I kind of just hear most people and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah, yeah most people. <laughs> No rush uh, references either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I always found Rush more intimidating than welcoming uh, for, for reasons that I think would be obvious. Um, I, don't know, I grew up listening to punk rock, so I would say like a lot of punk drummers that I can't name and a lot of like uh, classic rock drummers that I can't name. But then more recently, I think the stuff that I apply most to this band, so I went through like a a phase in my middle 20s where I was listening to a lot of alt country and so you know bands like Wilco or like Bright Eyes or um, even like Rilo Kylie to some extent acts like that I think I borrow on that that stuff a lot for the music we play in this band very cool I can hear the uh, all those influences in, in what I'm hearing tonight so oh, cool. great job we have to take a quick break we're brought to you each week by Tiny and Sons Glass but we have more with Amy Mantis and the space between 
on the tiny stage coming up next. Put us on your preset. Put us on all of them for that matter. We're the South Shores Radio Station, 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to Almost Famous 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from all across the region here on the South Shore into Boston and across New England. Brought to you each Tuesday night by Tiny and Sons Glass. And this is our number two of the show, which means we're on the Tiny stage. And tonight we have Amy Mantis and The Space Between. How are you guys doing in there? We're doing great over here. Doing great. Sounding awesome tonight. Thank you. Reintroduce the band. Who do we have with you this evening? I'm Amy, and I play guitar and sing and write the songs. I'm Jeff. I play bass. Uh, I'm Eric. I play the drums. Awesome. And give us a quick uh, rehistory of the band. So we've been playing together in, a, in various capacities since May of 2016, kicking out since August of 2016, and the trio came to be in September of 2018 after awesome. our keyboard player left. And there are uh, two current EPs, a new single, and a record in the works. You got it. Talk about those. So the first EP is called Where the Mountain Should Be, and I recorded that before I met these lovely guys here. And it's more like a solo thing that spawned spawned the band. And then the second EP is called The Good Heart, which we wrote those songs for with our our keyboard player who also sang, and that was done in 2017. And then the upcoming record, to be named, was just tracked a month ago. Awesome. It's still being tracked. It'll be, yeah. And you're recording right here on the South Shore. Right here on the South Shore with our good friend, Sean McLaughlin. Yes, he is a beast. We love Sean. Love Sean. Shawnee Mac. Shawnee Mac. And a couple of uh, show dates, too, coming up. One happening at Thunder Road. You got it. Thunder Road will be there on March 28th with Stenographer and The Last Love and another band to be announced. And then we're playing at the Midway Cafe in April, on April 24th. We might have another show in between then and now, but... Nothing that has been confirmed. Now, I think it was back in either the spring or summer. I was driving <laughs> around on a Saturday morning, and I heard your voice on national public radio. You sure did. It was March of last year. Where March I was of on, last wait, year. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Awesome. How did that happen? Well, there was one Friday afternoon. I was just feeling really down. I'm like, what's going to make me happy? I was listening to Wait, Wait's most recent show, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to call in again, because I tried to call in in the past to be on the show, and their mailbox had been full, so... This time it wasn't full, so I left a message, and it says, you know, just say who you are and what you like to do, and they'll call you back if they think that you're a good fit. So that was on a Friday. On a Tuesday, I got a call from Chicago, and it was a snow day in, in Boston. It was one of those March snowstorms, and I was like, who's calling you from Chicago? So I let it go to voicemail. And it turns out that it was, wait, wait, don't tell me, calling me back to have me on their upcoming show. And I was like, no way. <laughs> so I called them back, and they ask you, like, what, what do you like? And I'm like, well, you know what, I'm not playing in the band. I am a avid news reader and I'm a skier. I'm like, I'm basically like your profile liberal NPR listener. Like I fit that mold really well. And they're like, great, we'll have you on. Like what, so they ask you like, what part do you want to do? And I said, not bluff listener. So they're like, yeah, we get that a lot. So they said, you'll either do the fill in the who's bill this time or the week's limericks. And I got to, got to do the limericks. So it was wicked fun. And uh, they changed it from having just Carl Castle do your voicemail because he, I don't think he'd passed away yet. But he was ill and, and uh, basically unable to do it anymore. And for those who weren't familiar, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a, is a news quiz Saturday morning on NPR. And it's just, a, it's a blast. It's such like, it just makes you smile. I listen to it every week religiously. And so I picked Paula Poundstone to do my voicemail, which I got to write as well. So you get to write it and then they record it. And you have up to a minute of time, which is a long time for an outgoing message. Like a minute? What? No. So if I call you right now, Paula Poundstone's on your voicemail? If you call me right now, you will hear Paula Poundstone's voice coming out of my voicemail. Can I try it? Go for it. All right, let's see what happens if I do this. We'll see if we can hear Paula Poundstone. Would I lie to you? I don't think you would. (laughs) How, How many rings before it goes to voicemail? Four. Four, okay. So we should hear it right about now. Hi, you've reached Amy Mantis. No, this is not Amy you're listening to. This is Paula Poundstone. But if you can leave your name, number, and a message, Amy will return your call in hopefully a timely manner. I can't say for sure, but I like to think she'll do her best. And if you're wondering how I got here, well, so am I. Anyway, on behalf of Amy and myself, thanks so much and have a great day. That's cool. Not the tone. <laughs> wow. Super cool. And what's really fun is when people forget that I have that as a voicemail or like they don't know it all, they're like, what is happening here? Because it's very shocking to hear, hi. 
<laughs> was Paula on that show that day? No, she wasn't. It was, um, let me see if I can remember. It was Mo Rocca, um, Helen Hong, and maybe Alonzo Bowden. Okay. No, remember? I don't remember for sure. The guest was Tom Brady that day. They were in Connecticut. And everyone's like, did you get to meet Tom? I was like, I was on the phone. Like this happened at my house. <laughs> I did not go there to do this. This is all done over the phone. That's funny. It was wow. funny. And That's I got cool. to go see them live when they were at Tanglewood this past, uh, last, last June. I missed that. I was, I was, I wanted to go to that, but I missed oh, it. It's so fun. Cause you also like, like when you're, they do a lot of editing because it's, it, it's like a two hour live show, but a 45 minute radio broadcast. So there are so many things that get, that get cut and they were so hilarious. Cause when you, when they, when you're on there, they call you like 10 minutes before you're supposed to be on, so you're, just, you're ready to go. So I'm just sitting there listening in my friend's kitchen, just cracking up, like, what's so funny? I'm like, you can't hear it, but it's hilarious. <laughs> it's Helen Hong and Mo Rocca going at it. It was great. Well, we probably shouldn't be talking about a, a competitive radio station nah. on this, but what the heck. Um, Amy Mantis and the Space Between. Let's do another song, and then I actually, I noticed you've got a guitar switch in there, too. I did. I, I brought my acoustic, which we don't usually use a lot when we uh, play live, ever. I don't think I don't think we've used it in a. We did a radio show and we used it then, but mm. that was the last time I made it out of my house to a to a band gig. This is my I think it's a triple O fifteen. It's a Martin Ambertone. It's almost like the model that Eric Clapton used on his Unplugged record, but it's not quite that one because that's that's its own own model to begin with. But nice. I saw it at uh, the Music Emporium in Lexington and just fell in love with it. Cool. So. Yeah, and it plays great, and it's shiny, and it's got a beautiful white binding, and it's just, it's a Martin, and you can't go wrong with it. I understand. Yeah. Let's hear it. Amy Mantis and the Space Between, what's next? This is called You Shouldn't Have to Ask, which is available on Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon and all your streaming platforms, and Bandcamp and YouTube, all over the web. Go for it. 95.9 WATD, Amy Mantis and the Space Between, live on the tiny stage. One, two, three, four. I'm interested in you And all those thoughts you pushed aside Because from your point of view It was easier to hide You don't have to save
enough to ask Amy Mantis and the space between 95.9 WATD unplugged on that one on the tiny stage talk about that song if you would that was a song that sparked the record I wrote it and I played it for some friends and they were like the song is really good and I was like okay it is all right you sure about that they're like yes you should go record this and then we did and then it turned out to be epic after it got recorded so I was like we're gonna go do nine more so and it started off I wrote it on my acoustic guitar and it, it sounded more like that on my original demo but then we we probably sped up by like 10 or 12 beats and added a guitar solo and keyboards and the strat and the whole nine yards so and you did that one with Sean, right? Did that one with Sean. That was our, our first endeavor together. And that came out, we said, January 11th? Yep, so about a month ago. Awesome, very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Amy Mantis and The Space Between 95.9 WATD. Show with us your social media presence, if you would. You can find us on Instagram at Amy Mantis, and you can find us on Twitter at Amy Mantis. You can find us on Facebook at Amy Mantis Music. Um, I tend to hang out most on Instagram, but, you know, if you're on Facebook... Come find us over there, too. We're hanging out. And online, just the website is just amymantis.com, which is probably the best place to go for all of your, all of your Amy Mantis in the space between needs. Awesome. Very cool. And how did the uh, band name come to be? The band name came to be... We were, first, we were called Space Between because I was flying back from making that first record in California. I was like, I need a name for the record. I was like, I'm going to call it The Space Between Old and New. And then I thought, what if I just called it The Space Between? Then I was like, what if I called the band Space Between? Because at that point I was going to have, we had our friend Wells singing and playing songs too, but he didn't come on that record because it was already planned before we, before we met up. But I was like, if we're going to have a band name like, and have two singers, Fleetwood Mac style, I'm like, we got to have a band name, not just my name. So we had that for a little while and everyone's like, Dave Matthews? And I was like, no, not Dave Matthews. Nothing against Dave, but that was not my inspiration. And then after Wells left, I was like, you know what? We're going to put my name in front of it. Mostly because it's very Googleable. Like, you type in Amy Mantis, you will find us. Yes, that's very true. That was, that was the, the primary inspiration for it. And it has become, for me, it has evolved into, like, I've gotten really into yoga in the past couple of years. And, like, it's a very yogic thing, like, like the space between, like, like that, that time between your reaction to something, that, that little pause, like, how important that is to just have a break before you, like, lash out or, or whatever is going to happen. So that's where I came from. That's amazing. Very cool. Um, so I want to talk, too, about um, your your um, songwriting when it comes to um, the evolution. Like, do you remember when you, when you first realized that you could write music and write music professionally? Oh, yeah. So the first time I wrote a song that I liked, I started playing guitar when I was 13, and I was writing songs immediately. It was my friend and I were going to have a band. It never happened. But we were going to have a band, and I was like, I'll write the songs and you can sing them. And so... That, that happened in eighth grade. And I wrote my first song top to bottom that I really liked when I was 14. I was really into pop punk. So it was very, it was very pop punky. And I can even play a little bit of it. It was like this. Like that was, that was what it was. I was like, oh my God, I wrote a song. And I remember being like, dad, 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 I wrote a song. And I called up my friend at the time who we were gonna have the band together. And I was like, Ashlyn. I have a song I'm going to play it for you on the phone because I just finished it. And she's like, okay. And she wasn't like, you know, like super pumped about it. But I was like, this is amazing. It took me like a year from like getting my guitar to writing that song. And so that was when I first was like, oh, I can do this. Do you still play that song? No, we don't. We probably, we, <laughs> we could. I remember it. Um, it's a bit goofy now, but it, it's not like it wouldn't hold up. But it's fast. I mean, I can definitely play pop punks. So. Right, so we we can we're halfway there already, and Jeff likes can, to play fast. Definitely play fast. Yeah, break it out of Thunder Road. <laughs> and so, that was just I always was writing songs just for myself, and then I wrote my first quote good song when I was seventeen, and my old band played it for a little while, but we don't play that one anymore, mostly because I wrote it out of my range. Like I'm like I I can't sing this song, but that's what capos are for. Ex yeah, exactly. And I remember I wrote it in the hotel bathroom in New York City because I couldn't sleep. And it was called Sleepless in the City, very appropriate song. And that was when I was like, oh, okay, we can do this. And then with my old band, I brought in the song too. And I was like, it's not done yet, but here's my idea. My singer at the time goes to me, Amy, if I could write a song, a good song, it would sound like that. And I was like, oh, all right. And so I just haven't stopped. Cool. 
And what are your future plans with the band? Have you guys thought about um, what's happening after the record is released? Just play and promote and keep playing and promoting and keep writing. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. Still going to Taco Bell. Okay. We're always going to Taco Bell. Yes. Or yeah. South Street Diner at like 2 o'clock in the oh, morning. Oh, that too. That too. <laughs> Let's hear some more music. What's next on your set list? This song is called If I Told You, and this is our debut of it. Uh, we recorded it with Sean last month, and we're going to give it a whirl right now. All right. Let's hear it. water first, and then we're Yes. Go for that. And while you're doing that, I can promote this show that you're listening to Almost Famous 95.9 WATD. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash almostfamousradio. And our podcast, too, you can find that by searching for Almost Famous WATD wherever podcasts are available. Good to go? Good to go. All right. Let's hear it. Amy Mantis and the Space Between. And uh, what's the name of the song again? If I Told You. All right.
Very nice. Amy Mantis and the space between 95.9 WADD. Like the guitar switch on that. Oh, Very cool. You. So we were talking uh, before that last break off air about um, influences. We talked a little, a little bit about that on air too. But you mentioned that you're uh, one of the few people who's a fan of the uh, Sammy Hagar era Van Halen. Oh, am I ever. I had, a, I had a realization about, I would say, either the summer of 2015 or summer of 2016, one or the other, where my favorite Van Halen song of all time is probably Finish What You Started. And I did not realize until that year, 2015, 2016, that that was a Van Hagar song. And my world exploded. I was like, <laughs> I have been wrong since I was 14? What? Is this? And so, and so then I went down a, a rabbit hole of, of Van Halen slash Van Hagar. And the thing that does it for me more than anything else is that live, Van Hagar was so much better live than Van Halen was, I think. Well, because I think they had two guitar players. They you know, Sam- Sammy could play guitar right. too. Sammy could play guitar. And Sammy was just a good band member. He was really good at it, just being part of the band and also being a frontman. And... There's a, there's a version on Spotify, I forget what the record's called, it's, it's a live one with, with Sammy Hagar, and they do Panama, as they do. And then you can go listen to the most recent iteration of Van Halen with Eddie's son on bass and David Lee Roth back in the band doing Panama, and I'm like, no, I can't listen to that. I can't do it. <laughs> so the live factor and the fact that 5150 was a Van Hagar record <laughs> really made me be like, oh, oh, oh. And then I, I kind of like the play on uh, OU812. OU812, totally. It's, it's cool. Totally. And the thing is, like, I love those early Van Halen records. Like, well, even, even the later ones with, 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 with Dave, like 1984, Diver Down, they're great. And you could go argue that, you know, they wouldn't be the band that they were without Dave. But I also think if you put Sammy Hagar in that band from the beginning, it's still a great band. It is. So that's my argument for it. And then they had the guy from um, Extreme. Oh, yeah, Gary Sharon. Gary Sharon. about him. Yeah, that, that was, that was a, a dark period in Van Halen. Did you read the Chuck Klosterman thing that came out last fall where he ranked every Van Halen song and talked about them? I heard about that. It's amazing. I think somebody posted about it on Facebook. You, I will send it to you because it is just, a, it's so good. I sent it to the band and they made a lot, a lot of chit-chat about that back when it came out. Very so it's, cool. It's very descriptive and very hilarious. He has a cop-out for his number one pick. I won't tell you what it is, but uh, yeah. Good read. Very Good nice. read all around. Let's do another song. What are we listening to next from you guys? This is a brand new song. Uh, it's called Skip the Hurt. I brought it into rehearsal like a week ago Friday, give or take. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's very new. Very new. And we thought, well, let's go play our, our, our latest song, quite literally speaking, our latest song on the radio. So we are going to do that. And it's become, it's like a surf rock song. But I describe it as being like in a garage in San Diego, 1967. This is what you would hear. I didn't realize this until just a few years ago, but Surf Rock started in Boston. No. Dick Dale. He's from Boston? Quincy. That's well, a all surf. surfers, too. Yeah. yeah. Boston famous for its surfers. Right. Exactly. <laughs> all those East. Like those guys at Revere Beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ones doing push-ups on the picnic. Yeah, surfing in February. That's always fun. People do it. I grew up in Maine. People do it. It's crazy talk. Maniacs. Maniacs. I'm a proud maniac. All right. Let's see how we're doing here. Oops, that's the wrong one. All right. Skip the hurt. Here we go. I know it's rough. Don't get what you need, still you claim it's enough And you try to act tough Don't you think I know yourselves by now And I'm sorry that you've been let down again But you're only gonna make this worse Let go of the pain you don't show. 
I know your tales by now And I'm sorry that you've been let down again But you're only gonna make this worse And the space between live on 95.9 WATD tonight. Very nice. Thanks. We have to take our final time out of the night, but we have time for one more song. Does that work for you? Absolutely. All right, let's do it right after this. 95.9 WATD. It's true variety from the past. And the best of the present. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like someone. This is the South Shores Radio Station, 95.9 WATD. And welcome back to our final few moments here of Almost Famous 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from here on the South Shore into Boston and across New England every week, sponsored by Tiny and Sons Glass. I'm John Shea. We are on the Tiny stage for a few more moments with Amy Mantis and the Space Between. How's it going in there? Going great. You guys sound fantastic tonight. Thank you again for coming down to the South Shore. Thanks for having us. It's a blast. Of course. So uh, give us the the information again about your your, uh, online presence. You can find us at amymantis.com or on Instagram, backslash amymantis. Twitter is also amymantis. And Facebook is amymantismusic. And Spotify and Apple and all those. Just type in Amy Mantis and it will will pop up. Cool. And a few shows to promote. A few shows. A March 28th at Thunder Road and then April 24th at the Midway. And if you happen to be in Portland, Maine on April 11th, we're playing at Empire up there too. Sounds great. And uh, two EPs currently available, one in the works and one new single. You got it. Sweet. You got it. So uh, what are we uh, going up to 10 o'clock with tonight? We are going to do a cover of a Wilco song called Handshake Drugs. Awesome. And we should mention, too, coming up next is Mike Joshua, Americana Rama. And he actually does a weekly Wilco segment. So this is a great lead into that. Serendipitous. Yeah. Awesome. Let's hear it. Amy Mantis again. Thank you for coming down to WATD. Get home safely, and we'll talk to you soon. Sure. Thanks for having us. All right. And thanks for listening. Chewing gum, something to do. The blinds were being pulled down on the dew. Inside out of love, what a laugh! I was looking for you. The saxophone started blowing me down. I was buried in sound. Taxi cabs were driving me 